Have you ever noticed how your thoughts or your mindset dramatically impacts your day or your circumstances or your world? The truth is that yes, our thoughts do impact those things. And that's not just like from this weird woo perspective, but really a truly science-based brain perspective. So today we're going to talk about why it's important to notice and to manage our thoughts and how God calls us to do this, especially if we want to have that vibrant life that he's given us as a gift and how we can use science and what we know about the brain to create this better, happier reality through the power of our thoughts. Let's get started. Welcome to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, a place for practical ideas and powerful inspiration to help you step out of stress and overwhelm and into a balanced life full of peace, purpose, and meaning, the full vibrant life that God has planned for you. So find a cozy spot and let's get started on today's episode. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. I am your host, Alicia Michelle. As a Christian life coach for women, I'm here to empower you to create life balance, cultivate a daily connection with Christ, and to overcome the mindsets that hold you back from becoming your best self. Well, those mindsets and those thoughts are exactly what we're focusing on today in our time together. And so we are going to be thinking and talking about the attitudes, the stories, those things that are constantly flowing through our subconscious and our prefrontal cortex, those other parts of our brain that you're not going to, you maybe you aren't familiar with right now, but we're going to be talking about and I'll be getting you familiar with in our episode today. So first, why is it important to notice our thoughts? You know, what does God say about our thoughts? Why are they important? How do our thoughts affect our actions from a brain-based perspective? And there is just so much that we're going to cover today. And this episode really is a core teaching to a lot of the work that I do with women and I want to help you with in terms of um, when we talk about getting the progress that we want in making our goals or making those those changes in our lives to, to live happier, to live healthier in terms of creating a, a daily connection with God. We talk about mindset and thoughts and the power of that. Even things like creating a holiday without overwhelm and the holiday without overwhelm masterclass. We talk about the importance of brain priming and getting our brains in the right place to help us discover and accept what really is possible. And so let's talk about thoughts, why it's important to notice our thoughts. Okay. So first, let me ex give you kind of an explanation of, of why our thoughts are important. And well, let me take you through a little diagram that will help you understand the importance of our thoughts, okay? So first of all, our thoughts dictate our emotions. So they are the ones that are driving the emotions that we feel. They're behind our emotions. In the brain, the thought is created first, and then the emotion comes behind it. And so when those thoughts and the emotions combine and they're told enough in the brain, they create beliefs or stories as we'll refer to later on. These, these, these things that are played in the subconscious. And so our beliefs are what are really running the show. They're the things that are running 80 to 90% of what goes on in our brain every day. Our beliefs create our decisions and our decisions create our actions and our actions are what create our results that we're wanting. So if we want to create a certain result in our lives and we want it to last, we have to go all the way back to the thought that created it. And that takes some digging and that takes some asking questions, which is what I do with my clients one-on-one -on -one in my courses, in my group coaching, in my one-on-one -on -one coaching. We talk about a specific process to get to the root of those things and to rewire them. But for our circumstances here, what I want you to know just is that 
what you think about every day matters. What rattles around in your brain without you even realizing it matters. Those things that impacted you back from your childhood, those things are have created stories and patterns in your brain that are running the show. And again, our thoughts create our emotions. So if we have these strong emotions that we deal with, there are thoughts that are driving those behind that. When those combine together, they create beliefs. Those beliefs create decisions and those decisions create our actions. Our actions create our results. So what you have running on autopilot every day really does affect your perspective on life and even the decisions that you're making and the results that you're getting. And this is why I I noticed this in my own life. I noticed this in my clients. I decided to get advanced training in this neural coaching area because I've seen over and over that in my own life and again with my clients, we would get to the certain point in the progress and then there wouldn't be any movement. It's not because, you know, I didn't want to move forward or this client didn't want to move forward, um, such as, you know, making the change, a certain change in their life, spending time with God, whatever. But it was like there was something in there that was holding them back, something that was really running the show. And that were these beliefs that had been created by these thoughts and emotions that had come together. So it's it's important. It's important for us to know our thoughts and to to be aware of what's going on there. And again, to not judge them, to not label them as bad or good, but those are just what's there. That is what we have imprinted in our brain to keep us safe, to keep us efficient. Our brain has has streamlined the information um, and it stores it in the subconscious through these little these stories or these beliefs as a way to keep things running and keep things efficient. This is how our brain works. This is so these these things you have in your brain are a sign of a beautiful subconscious working. So it's important that we that we focus on these thoughts and we and we pay attention to them and we get to the root of them and we just understand that they're running the show. So I want to say a couple things about what God says about our thoughts himself and why they're important. I mean, that's just from just from Jesus from the Bible himself. It says in Luke 6 8 that he knows our thoughts. And we know that. Jesus in these in the gospels we hear all kinds of stories of of people saying something or maybe people not saying something and there's all these instances where it says but Jesus knew their thoughts or but Jesus heard what they were thinking you know he he knows our thoughts and so because of that we can't hide our thoughts from him you can read in Psalm 139 about how we can go up to the depths down to the depths of the ocean up to the to the, the highest mountain peak and we can't run away from God that he created us in our mother's womb in this very intimate delicate way and then yet he walks with us every day not only just in our physical bodies but in our mental our mental bodies he knows our thoughts and he still loves us he still loves us. Isn't that such a beautiful principle and, and truth to cling to? He knows our thoughts and he still loves us. And so that's why we don't need to judge our thoughts because God knows our thoughts. And yes, of course, there are some thoughts that are bad in terms of morality. You know, we don't want to think horrible thoughts about people you know, that are against God's word, things like that. I'm not saying that. But we can have compassion on ourselves for what we allow to ruminate in our brain and compassion with the desire to say, I'm going to get rid of that. I'm not going to let that run the show anymore. And that's because God's word also tells us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Now, why would the word say that? Why would it say to take every thought captive? Because God wants us to understand how important our thoughts are. We have a responsibility, a command to manage our thoughts. You can read more about that in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. 
because our thoughts create our lives and our lives belong to God. We were bought at a price. We were bought with the precious blood of Jesus. And we now have been given this great commission to go out and to change the world with his love, to live his love. And with our thoughts are like these, these, these filters or these dampers that are running the show. And then they are not in line with the, the beautiful picture that God has for us. How can we be showing our light? How can we be fully living our lives the way we need to? So there's this, this God knows how he created the brain, right? And so he's like, let me help you manage your life by managing your thoughts and making your thoughts obedient to Christ and what the truth is. Um, God also says that his thoughts are greater than our thoughts and his ways are greater than our ways. So we can, in those moments where our thoughts need some reframing, we can go to God's thoughts, which are in the word of God, and we can replace them with the truth. And again, I go through a whole process with my clients on how to make that possible. But God's word encourages us to do that. Ephesians 4.23 encourages us to let the spirit renew our thoughts and our attitudes so that they can be in a line with him. And that it also says in Ephesians 4.21 to 24, as part of that one verse there, that only God can fully restore and renew our thoughts because he is the one, first of all, who created us. He created our thoughts. He created our brain. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what they're supposed to be in line with. And he wants to restore us. He wants to make us whole. So thoughts are important to God too, right? Thoughts determine our our, our purpose, our, our moving forward. And we want to have that purpose be in line with God's purposes for us. Thoughts also determine how we process our reality. Our thoughts can dominate and take over. They can steal that peace that God wants to give us. Now, I know that you've experienced this because I know I have definitely experienced this. And that's why there are those verses like Matthew 6, 31 to 32 that says, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Did you hear that word dominate? Dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. And then Matthew 6, 21 and Luke 12, 34 Share wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And that's not quite as clear. It doesn't use the word thoughts, but what are we treasuring in our heart? That's where our thoughts are going to be, right? Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So keeping our thoughts on remembering what God has done for us in the past helps us create this new vision of our reality, right? In Psalm 77 um, verses 11 to 14, it talks about the power of, of just remembering what God has done in the past and reflecting on that and letting that be the focus of what we focus on. So it says, but then I recall all that you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. Have you ever gone through that where you've gone through a circumstance that's difficult or you're having a hard day? And it's like we have that choice that God gives us in our thoughts. We can either say, I'm gonna just keep focusing on this. I'm going to keep ruminating on it and replaying it over and over and over and over. Or I'm going to say, it happened. It's done. I'm finished with it. I'm not going to focus on it anymore, right? What is the point of me 
sitting here wallowing in it. Again, not that it's wrong to have emotions, not that it's wrong to, you know, have a reaction to something um, that, you know, may be upsetting. I mean, it, that that's just human. But what do we do with it? That's what we're given the choices in that moment. What are we going to do with it? And when we're going through something difficult, are we just going to sit there and think, poor me, poor me, this is so hard. I, I don't like this. God help me. Because sometimes God will let us sit in that situation so that we can learn how to find the joy in it. We can learn to retrain our thoughts to find his truth in it, right? Sometimes he does not remove us because he wants us to grow. And so we have to learn these skills on how to fix our thoughts on what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is holy. Like it talks about in Philippians 4.8. We have to learn how to do these things. And those are not just gifts that are given to us. We have to be put in these difficult situations sometimes so that God can teach us how to manage our thoughts so that we can gain control over our lives and have those lives that we really long to, to discover and, and to walk into that He has given us. Something else that's interesting about our thoughts is that what we focus on grows. And I know you've seen this phenomenon, right? If we think about something isn't it interesting how it just starts showing up in our life? Like if we got pregnant, right? Or maybe we have a friend who's pregnant and it's really, really exciting. Doesn't it seem like we notice there's a lot of people around us who are pregnant all of a sudden? Like, oh my gosh, like, that's amazing. What? I didn't, you know, it's just like, isn't that weird that this person's pregnant and this person's pregnant? Or if like we're looking to buy a certain type of car, have you ever noticed that? Like you start noticing those cars around you as you move throughout your day. You're like, oh yeah, wow. And it's kind of, you know, it's this idea of this self-fulfilling prophecy that happens when we focus on something bad or good over and over, whether that said the good thing might be just, you know, thinking, having our mind kind of set on that, our brain just kind of starts looking for it. But in the negative sense, like, for example, if we say, I am so fat, I am so fat, I am so fat, like over and over, then we don't, don't we start appearing differently? We start carrying ourselves differently. We we justify that extra serving because we think, well, I'm fat, right? Or we buy bigger clothes than we need because we think, well, I'm fat. I mean, we start just our actions, just like I we talked about a few seconds ago. Our actions are created all the way back and those results are created all the way back at our thought. And that thought that begins to play over and over. Because again, let me just give you this, again, a quick lesson in the, how the brain analyzes and processes information. The, we mentioned it before about the prefrontal cortex and the subconscious. So the prefrontal cortex is responsible for the thought and gathering information. It's the, where decisions are made every day. This is the part that if you were to look at it on your skull, literally, it's it's the front like where your forehead is, okay? And then the subconscious, this is a storehouse for systems and processes. It's It has the programs that we need to run everything, our heartbeat, our breathing, how to ride a bike, how to eat a piece of bread, how to use a fork, how to drive a car. These are all these little programs that are continually running in the subconscious. And the reason why the subconscious is there is because it streamlines everything. Because if the brain did not have the subconscious to, to streamline it, it would be using, scientists have estimated over 8,000 calories a day just in processing information. I mean, that, that that's just mind-blowing to me anyway. But 80 to 90% of what goes on in our brain is dictated by these pre-programmed things in our subconscious. And so the brain has been designed in this beautiful, intelligent, divine way to make systems and programs to keep things running efficiently. And the subconscious is really like a machine it does what it's been programmed to do 
by the prefrontal cortex. So if the prefrontal cortex has told it certain messages, those thoughts, and those thoughts have been repeated enough times and created emotions attached to it, which of course intensify the imprinting in the brain, then the subconscious in its beautiful way creates this program or this belief or this story to streamline the brain processing. And so so interesting how these stories are made in our brain. And again, the subconscious doesn't see these thoughts as bad or good. It just sees them as a program. And it wants these programs because programs keep things running in this efficient survival way. And these stories, whether they are stories that help us or hurt us, they make us feel safe from this brain-based perspective. Even if they're dysfunctional and untrue. They're the programming that has kept us safe. And many of these stories were programmed when we were kids, back in our childhood. And in that situation, they were a good thing. They were a way for our brains to process and understand the world and get our three core needs met, which is, am I worthy? Am I loved? Am I accepted? Those are the three questions we're always asking ourselves, right? So the brain is trying to answer those questions and to come up with these answers based on our past experiences and based on the thoughts, again, that we've told ourselves about where we get meaning, where we get acceptance, if we are enough or not. And so without even realizing it, our brain is reacting to everything in our lives through the lens of these pre-programmed stories. And these stories are the real things running the show in our brain. And they're the reason why we sabotage ourselves sometimes. Like, this is why we can hear Bible truths over and over, such as, you know, God loves me, but not feel like we've let those truths touch our hearts. There are these stories running in the background that are keeping those truths from really getting in there and changing our actions. Although, because again, it starts all the way back at a thought or something that happened that told us where love comes from, how we find love. And this is why we get stuck and we can't move forward. Why we might find ourselves in, in dysfunctional relationships where we follow certain rules to get approval or attention, or why we feel like we're continually having to achieve or to prove ourselves in a job because we're asking, our brain is saying, well, how am I worthy? Well, she showed up before and achieved and did great things and got accolades. So that's how she's worthy, right? Or maybe why our husbands can't ever tell us enough how loved we are because we just don't believe it. Well, what did you hear? What is that story that's going back in your brain about how you receive love and how you are loved, how you are lovable? It's so fascinating to really think about how these thoughts have combined with emotions to create these stories that literally are running our lives. So this is why the work that I do with women is so important to me, because this is the stuff that we we start with, that all of these, these areas that we want movement in, they all have these automatic negative thoughts or which we call ants, or they have these these stories that are there that um, all these little ants will come from, right? Because a lot of times the thoughts are all connected by one big story. So if we want to make progress forward, we have to learn how to identify what these, these thoughts are, or identify what these stories are, and then remake them. And that's the great news is just because we understand how the brain formed these together and put them together. So we can use the same techniques to create a new story, right? Isn't that amazing? These stories were created through this simple brain-based process, and we can use the same model to rewire them and rewrite them to be the truth. 
So we can rewrite our stories by identifying the core thoughts and restating those thoughts into truth. And again, I teach a very specific method that's been proven through brain science. And that's why it's so awesome to use it because you can see the results. I've gone through the training myself and seen the results in my own self and also in my clients and just the person that I was certified in this this method has used it literally for a dozen years or more and is a neuroscientist. So there's there's all this stuff behind it, you know. And it's so exciting to be able to use it in these situations because this is how we change not just ourselves, but this is how we change generations, friend. This is how we break those patterns. This is how we decide, no, I am not going to live my life thinking, even though I've been told a thousand times that I'm worthy and that I'm, and you know, God loves me. I'm not going to live my life thinking I have to act a certain way or be a certain person in order to be loved. I'm not because I'm going to work on this core issue that it came up with, this core story, and I'm going to get to the root of it. So that's what I help my clients with in my courses, in my group coaching program, which is called Reset, and in one-on-one coaching. So I would love to help you. I really feel like every person really has work to do potentially in these areas um, and, and can really go deep here and really begin thinking, how have my thoughts and, and the thoughts that I not only just I have every day, but those thoughts that have been in there a while and that have now formed these stories, how are they affecting my outcome. So interesting to me um, when I began looking through this and began going through this whole process because I had my coach tell me, I really think you're dealing with issues of feeling unworthy. And I went, I said, no, no, like, I don't think so. Like, I know who I am in Christ. Um, you know, I know God's promises. I know that he loves me. Like, why would I think that? And it was so apparent, friend. It was so apparent when I began going back and looking at my life before I knew Christ, my life after I became a Christian, which was when I was 19, and just how that story had been formed as a child and how just based on some circumstances that I had been in um, and now how that story, even though I thought that I had, you know, now had this new truth that God loves me and I'm worthy, it was still playing out. It was still apparent. I was still seeking approval and attention through success and achievement. I was still doing that. That was what was, it was just crazy to me when I began to see that. And so it's like from that place, even though, again, I had heard those truths a thousand times, it's because I had still had that core story running. And so this is, again, important work. And if this is resonating with you, I want to work with you. I want to learn more about what might be helpful for you to move forward and what we could do um, to, to, to see what would be helpful for you. So if you're like, yes, Alicia, I need help with my thoughts, and this is totally resonating, I invite you to check out the coaching page at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash coaching and fill out an application so that I can see how I can best serve you and how we can get you forward progress in this area. Friend, it's always a privilege to hang out with you. Thank you so much for deciding to invest this time in just growing together and saying, I want to learn more about myself. I want to live this vibrant life that God has for me. I care. 
I want to be the creator of my thoughts. And so I just want to say thank you. I don't take it lightly that you spend this time with me every week. I look forward to our time together again next week. And I hope you have a great week. Until then, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.